It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. This episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go over to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off your next order. Today we get into our 53-man rosters, but first we do have some early roster updates to get to and some news coming out of Paul Brown Stadium about who's dressed, who isn't for the final mock game, the simulated game the Bengals are going through on Thursday night, plus running backs coach Jamal Singleton and Gio Bernard talk to the media. So we'll start with the news before we get to those roster projections. The Bengals have to cut down to 53 men on their active roster, down from 80 or 77 after they made a few moves earlier today. They waived O'Shea Duga, the offensive lineman who was on the team last year, and they actually had, it seemed like, high hopes for after he had a solid preseason. They also waived Brady Sheldon, who joined Cincinnati last November. He was a first-year player out of Ferris State University, was a really good athlete. They were trying him as an edge rusher, and he just didn't work out, it seems like. Finally, they waived rookie Bryce Sturk. He was from Montana State. He came by way of waivers from Miami to Cincinnati on August 14th. The timing of the moves means that it's unlikely that any of these guys is going to go to the practice squad as none of them are participating in the team's simulated game going on on Thursday night. In that simulated game, of note, Sean Williams not dressed for practice as he remains sidelined with an injury. Same goes for Jordan Evans, who's trying to figure out if he's going to have a roster spot come Saturday in a crowded linebacker room. Starting defensive interior players Geno Atkins and DJ Reader also did not dress for that simulated game as they try to stay fresh. And I don't think there's anything of concern with either of those guys until we hear otherwise. But it does give a chance for the other players fighting for a spot on that interior defensive line to earn their way onto the roster. You might have noticed that I didn't mention A.J. Green, John Ross, Mackenzie Alexander, and Joe Mixon because all of those guys were fully in pads for the open-to-media portion of practice, and it looked like they were all potentially going to participate in that simulated game, which sounds like, at least according to reports from Fox 19's Jeremy Rao, that it's essentially an 11-on-11 walkthrough. So it would make sense then that all of those big-name players that are expected to be big contributors for the Bengals were full goes in that activity. The other noteworthy event out of Paul Brown Stadium today is that Giovanni Bernard and running backs coach Jamal Singleton spoke with the media. And my favorite parts of this are some Giovanni Bernard quotes, maybe one Jamal Singleton quote. But Bernard was talking about the offense that he's expecting to see this year. And he said there's a little bit of Joe Burrow mesh with it. We watched the stuff they do at LSU. So it's been pretty cool to have them along and see what they've done and kind of mesh that with Coach Taylor's offense. From year one to year two gives everybody a little bit of confidence too. 
So what's interesting about this, of course, is that they are incorporating some of those concepts from LSU that they were so successful with, that Joe Burrow was so successful with, into Zach Taylor's offense in Cincinnati. And maybe that explains some of why guys like CJ Uzama have been so impressed with Joe Burrow's ability to make checks and make checks that he didn't know that they were even allowed to make at the line of scrimmage. That familiarity could be because some of those plays are things that Joe Burrow is intimately familiar with from his time at LSU. Gio also echoed Joe Mixon's comments from Wednesday saying that they have a stacked offense and he's very excited to see what everyone has to bring and get out there on game day. So some excited running backs in Cincinnati and the guy that coaches them, Jamal Singleton, spoke a little bit about how they use Giovanni Bernard in 2019 and his comments kind of reflect the idea that he's going to continue to be the third down back in Cincinnati. He said that Gio's involvement last year was high. He talked about his ability to give a little bit of flexibility on third down and his ability in pass protection. He says that he thinks Joe can really do a lot of his best work on first and second downs and continued to praise the combination of Joe Mixon and Giovanni Bernard. Gio is also getting work as a personal protector on the punt team now with Clayton Fedulum gone. So you might see that Gio is a special teams captain this year as he is getting to be a pretty veteran player on this football team. But what does that mean for Giovanni Bernard and Joe Mixon in 2020? It'll be interesting to see if Joe Mixon gets more third down back responsibilities or not with Jamal Singleton talking about specifically his ability to do work on first and second down in this quote. He talks about Joe's ability to run and catch first and second down, allowing him to do that and Gio with that flexibility on third downs. Yesterday, James and I talked about the fact that Joe Mixon really needs to be much more involved in the passing game and needs to provide some exceptional value there for the Bengals to really get their maximum value out of the contract. And with big money paid to both Gio Bernard and Joe Mixon, finding ways to use both of these guys creatively has got to be on the top of Jamal Singleton's to-do list. Coming up next, we get into our 53-man roster projections, and I'm sure James and I will have some differences there. Today's episode, however, is brought to you by Built Bar, James Rapine's favorite candy bar. He's coming in hot off the streets. He was just down at Paul Brown Stadium watching that simulated game I talked about. And did you have any Built Bars for a snack down there? And if so, what flavor did you take with you? I didn't have time to, Jake, I'll be honest with you, but I can't wait to finish the pod because the moment I do, guess what I'm going to have? I'm going to have a raspberry one. I have a raspberry Built Bar waiting for me today. Look, they have 18 great flavors. So whatever you prefer from carrot cake to peanut butter brownie, cherry barcia, cookies and cream, Built Bar has something for you. And here's the best part. You're not sacrificing taste with this protein bar like you do with a lot of them. And you're not sacrificing nutrition either. It'll fit your macros. So if you want a protein-packed bar with low sugar, Built Bar is the bar for you. So make sure you go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off your first order. Again, promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's time for the Bengals to set their official 53-man roster for the 2020 season. And James, I have had a very hard time projecting this this year for a couple of reasons. For one, there's no preseason games. There's no fans down to training camp, so I can't see anything. So really, I'm guessing. It's an educated guess, but I'm really guessing. And it's a different world this year. They're going to have to do things that maybe they wouldn't otherwise do. And we're going to go position group by position group, compare our 53-man rosters, and let's get started with the quarterback position. I have three guys at the quarterback position here, and I think that if it wasn't a COVID world, the Bengals might only keep two at this position. But because of the situation they find themselves in, I think that it's quarterbacks Joe Burrow, Ryan Finley, and quarantine quarterback Allen rounding out the group of three on the 53-man roster on Saturday. I, I've seen that from a lot of people, and I, I just, for some reason, I can't get past Zach Taylor likes Jake Dolagala, and Brandon Allen has been the quarantine quarterback. I think they're going to keep all four or try to keep all four around, and I, I totally get it. Either Brandon Allen or Jake Dolagala, one of those guys, their goal is for the for them to put him on the practice squad. Uh, I have Dolagala making the team and Brandon Allen being that fourth guy. We'll see if that's the case. I just lean on what they've really thought of all offseason, which was we like the guys we have. Well, why risk exposing Dolagala to the rest of the league? On the flip side, if you expose Allen, a guy who's had three starts, who has some NFL experience, then you could risk losing him. So uh, I wouldn't be shocked if it's the other way, but uh, we differ a little bit on the back end there. I do have Dolagala on the practice squad. I think that there's not enough out there that he's going to be somebody that an NFL team rushes out to use a waiver wire spot on. I just I just don't, but you could easily say the same thing for Allen. Let's move on to running back. I only kept three guys here as well, and I could easily see it going to four. James is celebrating because he thinks that means yeah. that I've got eight wide receivers on the roster, but it doesn't. The no, three I, running I just... backs... I just love that that you're rolling with three because I remember I suggested it a couple weeks ago and or maybe even longer than that. And you're like, really, three? But I think it makes sense for this team to keep three. And, and, and the reason for that is that I think the guys that they're going to probably try to get onto the practice squad, and I think it will be two, I, I don't think that they're going to have problems with it. And we talked about the fungibility of running backs. Once you get down to that part of the depth chart, it's, it's really like going from Mixon to Bernard – Maybe you find a slight difference in performance, but going from Samaji Piran, who I have as the third running back, to Travion Williams, not a huge difference. So I have Mixon Bernard Piran, and then on the practice squad, Travion Williams and Jacques Patrick, the XFL star, who the Bengals actually signed to a three-year deal, and I just don't see a way for him to stick on the 53. Uh, we're close again, but we differ on that third spot again. I have three running backs, Joe Mixon, Giovanni Bernard, and Travion Williams. I have Samaj P. Ryan and Jock Patrick both making the practice squad. Uh, but I, I do get the argument for P. Ryan, and it's pretty simple. I can contribute on special teams, right? I mean, that, that that's his edge. If there is an edge over Williams, it would be that, his experience, his, his knowledge of this system. So, again, I would not be shocked if it went another way. But I, I have Travion sneaking on here 
uh, to the 53 and the other two landing on, on the practice squad. And my thought with Williams is that all I've heard is that, you know, he's had a couple of drops at camp. You know, that that's really all I've heard about him all camp. And I know that Piran has experience. And the other thing that I think he does is he's bigger. And Mixon's a guy that's going to be more of the workhorse. So I think it's more likely potentially that, that they don't, that they want Mixon insurance rather than wanting Giovanni Bernard insurance. And I, I think that Trey Williams can, can get to the practice squad and be that insurance if he needs to be. Let's go to tight end next. I bet you we are in alignment here, at least for the 53, if not the practice squad, it's three guys again. And it's CJ Uzama, Drew Sample, and Seathan Carter for me. Carter being like one of the only special teams holdovers from last year's Darren Simmons units for me. And I've got Mitchell Wilcox on the practice squad. And I went back and forth on Mason Shrek a few times, but he didn't end up making the cut for me. Really? See, I have Mason Shrek on the practice squad. And I actually think I, I, I think that there might be a team or two that expresses interest in Shrek. Shrek had a better camp in my eyes than Wilcox. There were multiple times... I noticed Shrek. So I, I think both of those guys, they try to land both on the practice squad and Shrek and Wilcox, and I totally agree. Uzama, Sample, Carter, in that order, three tight ends on the 53. Let's go to wide receiver next because this <laughs> is the hardest position on no the team. And I came down to seven, and I had to let somebody go that I didn't want to let go. Ooh, uh, ooh, ooh. Obvious, obvious inclusions were A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd, John Ross, T. Higgins, and Auden Tate. The last two guys for me come down to Mike Thomas because I think that that connection with Zach Taylor is too strong. He can play special teams, and he's not necessarily excellent at it, but he has done it a lot in Los Angeles. That's primarily why he was on the team out there while he was. And the last guy is, I don't see them moving on from Erickson. I think that Erickson is going to be the backup slot guy. I think that every time we think, oh, they've got who they need to replace him, he has a good camp, as has been pointed out by many writers, and he's still the punt returner, and he's still a kick returner. And because of all of those reasons, I have Erickson on the team, and I'm hoping that Stanley Morgan and Scotty Washington can make it onto the practice squad. And honestly, I don't think it's going to necessarily be that dramatic. I think both of those guys can make it to the practice squad. I totally get where you're coming from. And the more and more I've thought about this and I've went back and forth and, and I have them keeping eight, but realistically, you know, is, is eight too much? Is it too hard to keep eight? And I know the logic behind it. And, and we've talked about it on this podcast and off of it. Can you get Stanley Morgan active if you do keep him on the roster? Because our first seven, I don't need to repeat them. I have Thomas and Erickson making it too. Stanley Morgan's that eighth guy I would keep him, but then he's got to be for him to be valuable. He's got to be active so he can play special teams. And I, you just you really don't see a path there unless Tate's inactive or T Higgins is inactive, right? Uh, you know Thomas and like who are you making inactive? And that's the uh, would be the struggle there. Uh, so I have eight. I would not be shocked at all if the Bengals do try to sneak Stanley Morgan Jr. on the practice squad. I also wouldn't be shocked if a team looks at his special teams and says, "Man, let's go get him." You know, that that would be such a Bill Belichick thing to to freaking replace Mohamed Sanu with Stanley Morgan Jr. as a waiver claim. I, I'm not I'm not saying it's going to happen. I just, you know, it would be something that the, the Patriots would do. Uh, I'm with you on Scotty Washington. He dealt with a hamstring for most of camp. But uh, the past week or so, 
noticed him make a couple plays. So and he's wearing 14. So number 14, I wouldn't be shocked at all if he's around and sticks on the practice squad. Has all the physical traits you look for. So he's certainly a guy you could sneak onto the practice squad with no preseason and keep him around in your system and start to develop him. And he has that rapport with Joe Burrow that I think might help his case a little bit. The thing about the wide receiver thing, and you started to talk about it a little bit there, was who who do you activate? Because even if they only have seven, you're looking at Green, Ross, Boyd for sure being active, right? And then, and then what? Like Erickson's probably active. Higgins might be a healthy scratch. And, and so might be Michael Thomas. Like the five guys for me, the first five are probably Green, Boyd, Ross, Erickson, Tate at least early in the season, and then later on maybe Higgins gets in there. But there, there's a world where T. Higgins is is just not active on game days right now, and that's with only seven receivers on the team. So mm-hmm. when it starts to be eight, I mean, even when it starts to be seven, a lot of teams don't do that. So It's it's tough. And, and then really the other tough. thing and the other thing is if they have nine active offensive linemen, they can have 55 on game day, right? That's a new thing in the CBA. I thought yeah. I saw that. Yeah. So well, – I don't know if it's specific to offensive line. I think that if you call two guys up from the practice squad, you can have 55 until the first day of the next week. Then it goes to 53. Those guys go back to the practice squad for one day. So other teams have an opportunity to claim. And then they can go right back to 55. So you'll see a lot of roster juggling between practice squad and active roster this year. Gotcha. So and there, there you go. Maybe that's the path for a guy like Morgan. Here, here's yeah. what I'll tell you. I don't think Mike Thomas, I don't think Alex Erickson, I don't think either of those guys, one, would be open to the practice squad, two, would make the practice squad. There will be teams yeah. that go after both of them, uh, you know, if, if you try to move on from either one. And I don't think they will. Heck, Thomas was getting reps ahead of Tate during camp. So so let's go offensive line. I think that we might be in, in lockstep here. You mentioned the word nine, and with eight receivers, I don't see how you can have more than nine unless you're going really short on defense. So at tackle... I've got Jonah Williams and Bobby Hart backing them up, Hakeem Adenergy and Big Fred Johnson. At guard, I've got Mike Jordan, Billy Price, Xavier Suofilo, and Alex Redmond. And at center, I've got Trey Hopkins. And then I'm going to say his backup will probably also be Billy Price. And so that Mm -hmm. is nine offensive linemen. Yep, totally agree. Incomplete lockstep. We know who the starters are. We know who the backups are. It's... uh... By the way, Alex Redmond was participating in the simulated game. I don't know if you mentioned that uh, on Thursday, so that's good, I guess, because we haven't seen him at all during camp. But, uh, yeah, those are the nine. And I, I really don't see anyone else making it. Uh, maybe a, you know, a practice squad body here or there, but this, uh, this appears to be the nine, and it's pretty locked in. I did end up with only two offensive linemen on my practice squad, and that's Frederick Magoa, who they recently signed, and Clay Cordasco, the college free agent. And I went back and forth on Josh Nipfel quite a few times because I know he was getting snaps early with center, but he was just an odd man out for me as I tried to keep the practice squad balanced with eight guys on the defensive side of the ball, eight guys on the offensive side of the ball. We don't really need to talk about special teams, so let's get it out of the way before we go to defense real quick, James. Randy Bullock. Kevin Huber, Clark Harris. There is what? nothing to really say about this position, despite James's faux outrage there. How many total players do you have on offense then? 26? Yep, 26, thanks to the wide receiver position. Man, 
What what a weird year to project. I've got 25 guys. I, I made a concerted effort, I think, to try to keep it even, although this isn't something that the Bengals always do, and we don't have a feel for their tendencies. When it was Marvin Lewis, we could kind of have a better idea of what they like to do at position groups on a year-in, year-out basis, and this is year two of trend setting for Zach Taylor. Let's talk about the defense here to wrap up our 53-man projections coming up next. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's keep things rolling and continue our Bengals 53-man roster. Take a look at the defense. And Jake, at defensive tackle, I have five. Geno Atkins, DJ Reader. Mike Daniels, Andrew Brown, and Freedom Akeem Muladun. I think Freedom is going to make it. He flashed. One, I love that he was working out with Sam Hubbard and those guys at Black Sheep Performance and Blue Ash. And uh, he flashed multiple times this training camp, as did Andrew Brown. I think both make the 53-man roster. And honestly, I think the Bengals feel pretty good about their defensive tackles, despite multiple injuries and opt-outs. I think Mike Daniels makes a big difference. And if Andrew Brown for them is going to be exclusively a three and five tech this year, that should be really good for him. So I expect that Brown in his natural position, or at least what I think will be his natural position should be a very fine backup for really all three of those guys. I think you'll see him all over the field. The other guy I have making the team uh, and where I differ from you, and, and this was a, a 11th hour change for me, and, and I'm not sure if I'm happy with it or not. I have Amani Bledsoe ahead of Freedom, and I I haven't seen anything from either of them. So this is where it really hurts me, and I'm really guessing. And this happens a lot more on the defensive side of the ball, I'm finding, than the offensive side of the ball. So if you say that Freedom's flashed, hey, if it's Akeem Muladun or Muladun, I'll learn how to pronounce his name, and I won't be surprised at all. Let's go to Edge next. I've got four guys here, and it's exactly the four guys you would expect. Sam Hubbard, Carl Lawson, Carlos Dunlap, and Khaled Kareem with, uh, I guess, McKenzie on the practice squad, maybe Kendrell Futrell. And I do have Freedom Akimuladun on the practice squad as well. Yeah, I, I lockstep here. I have four ends, and I, I'm not going to debate you on the practice squad. I, I think that that's so – honestly, it's pretty hard to predict the practice squad, uh, and I wouldn't be shocked at all if they keep those guys. Uh, Freedom is, a, to me, at minimum, and I, obviously I have him making the 53. Minimum, he's a lock for the practice squad. Yeah. I just think he's he's shown too much. And Bledsoe's a guy, again, practice squad type guy, was on the Titans practice squad last year, I believe, for the entire year. So he's a guy that – you could probably sneak onto the practice squad again. So we're we're pretty close here when we're talking about the defensive linemen. Yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised to go to see it go that way either. I think that we we generally agree here. Let's go to linebacker next. I feel like with with you keeping eight guys a wide receiver, I'm waiting to see which position you have one less. Because there's gotta be one where you have one less guy than me. And I'm not sure it's going to be linebacker, but for me, it's Josh Bynes, Jermaine Pratt, Akeem Davis-Gaither, Logan Wilson, and the controversial take that I have 
is that they keep Austin Calitro and try to get Bailey onto the practice squad, Marcus Bailey onto the practice squad. I can see this going the other way, certainly, but I do know that Austin Calitro has been claimed on waivers twice when exposed, including by the Bengals recently when they had the number one waiver priority. So I don't know if he would get through. I don't know if they think he would get through. I also don't know if Marcus Bailey would get through. But because of the way this roster is coming together, I go with five guys at linebacker where they will only have two of them on the field on 95% of their snaps. Yeah, I have five as well. Bynes, Pratt, Wilson, Davis, Gaither, all locks. Yeah. And and Bynes and Pratt are going to start, by the way, spoiler. Um, And then Marcus Bailey is the guy I have. And I went back and forth about this. To me, if Jordan Evans didn't pull his hamstring a couple of weeks ago, it, I mean, it changed everything. So Evans, you know, outside looking in right now. Uh, and, th- and then Calitro's a guy, they like him. I know Zach Taylor went out of his way to mention him a couple times during uh, press conferences. And you're right, they claimed him last year. Um, didn't work. They used the top waiver priority this year. So I think um, I wouldn't be shocked that off Calitro made it. But to me, Bailey, the way he's moving around, what I've seen, he looks athletic. I think he could play special teams for you. That's what that fifth guy's there for anyway, right? So uh, I have him making it, but I wouldn't be shocked if he didn't. I don't think that the fifth guy is necessarily going to be active on most game days. I think that you'll see some some shifting of how many linebackers and defensive linemen they keep active. But Calitro and Bailey, I mean, flip a coin, right? I, if it's me, I probably tend to the draft pick just because that's my inherent bias. But if mm-hmm. I'm saying what I think the Bengals will do, I think it's Austin Calitro. Let's go on to the secondary, James, and let's start with safety because I think this one's easy. I think we probably have the same four guys, Jesse Bates, Von Bell, Sean Williams, and Brandon Wilson rounding out the group as safety with, I guess, one wild card here being if Sean Williams isn't healthy, does that force him to shake things up and try to sneak somebody on the practice squad to keep Trayvon Henderson, or Trayvon Henderson sorry, around until Sean Williams can play? I don't think so. I have Henderson on the practice squad. I do too, but you're, you're right. There is what? What do they do with Williams here? Because if he's going to miss, let's say he's going to miss week one, well then he's probably going to miss week two, which is four days later. So in this day and age, when you only have to be on IR for three weeks, you might just move him, keep him on the active roster initially, place him on IR for three weeks, and then activate one of these other safeties. Another name to watch is Maurice Smith. They just signed him. He was in Miami with defensive coordinator Lou Anarumo. Wouldn't be shocked at all if that's the guy that they cut and then bring back if they do place Williams on IR with this calf. Do you agree with me there on the calf thing? Like if he's missing the first two games, you might as well get someone else in there and put him on IR for three weeks. I think that there's a really strong argument for it. I think that the one thing that we kind of have to think about is does it open up the Bengals to a grievance and probably not, but it has happened for the Bengals before you think back to uh, AJ McCarron, they lost out on his restricted free agent status because uh, he, he won the grievance in the end that they mishandled his injury. And I think that there was some, there's one other one that I'm not remembering right now. I don't think that's an issue, but I, and I do think it makes sense. And I do think that they're going to have to figure out who that fourth safety is going to be. Let's get to the last position. And I guess you only have six guys here, James, because otherwise you've gone over 53 and that's cornerback. And this is a spot where they have to keep one extra guy because Trey Waynes needs to be on the 53 man roster to go to the IR 
to revert to the IR return later in the year. And if that wasn't going to be the case, he would already be on the IR. So Wayans will make the 53 and then go to the IR the next day. and They'll bring somebody else into that spot. But besides him, William Jackson, Mackenzie Alexander, and Phillips are starting. And then I've got backing up six corners making the team, Troy Brown, LaShawn Sims, and then the last guy, Torrey McTire, who I think the Bengals currently see as their second slot corner. We're close here, uh, but we, we differ a little bit. You're right. I do have six corners. William Jackson the third, Trey Waynes, Mackenzie Alexander, Darius Phillips, Tony Brown, LaShawn Sims. And then what they're going to do is they'll place Waynes on IR. And I think Winston Rose will likely get that spot. Torrey McTire's the other name to watch. But I think they keep six corners. And one of these other ones, whether it's Rose or McTire, they place on, pra- on the practice squad and keep them there. Um, so I see, what, eight total uh, making it. Obviously, Waynes will be on the injured reserve list right as soon as you can place him there. Um, but, but yeah, I, I think they'll try to keep all of these guys around that we just named, either on the roster or on the practice squad. The only guy we haven't mentioned that I have on my 53 plus 16 projection is Marcel Spears Jr. I think they might try to keep on the practice squad as well because I don't think Jordan Evans would take it. I guess the other possibility that we could talk about here is just like we talked about for Sean Williams. What if they get Jordan Evans onto the 53, put him on the IR and then try to bring somebody else back. These are things that the Bengals have done before with various players where they've said, Hey, we need you to wait for a day. And especially the guys that wouldn't have to clear waivers. Although I don't think any of their potential cuts are likely to have to clear waivers. And maybe that's a reason not to put Jordan Williams or sorry, Jordan Evans on the IR. Mm-hmm. It's just something else to consider. It is. And I think that, so yeah, Evans is in kind of the same spot that Sean Williams is in. It's a soft tissue injury. doesn't appear to be this long-term thing. And with IR only lasting three weeks now, a soft tissue thing could land you there and it, it, you can benefit from it. But you're right. Who do you tell to wait a day? And are you able to do that? And can you get crafty and maneuver to where you're not exposing one of these young guys that you want to keep around that you like big picture it's uh it'll be interesting to see how they maneuver and i wouldn't be shocked at all if we see a cut or two and we're like what and then and then they come back the next day or uh you know two days later the other thing to consider is that the bengals still have that number one waiver priority i expect that someone Mm -hmm. will end up on the roster that we have not talked about at all from some other team we get this question a lot actually and i never have answered it in over a year of doing the podcast the question of who's going to get cut from another team that you can see the bengals going after because i don't pay enough attention to other teams to know who the waiver guys are who i think the bengals can go after and generally the coverage of those guys from the teams that are going to cut those players is not very positive because you're getting cut for a reason in a lot of cases for the Bengals though if you look at it from the other perspective if they have to cut one of these wide receivers that could be attractive for another team because they just have a lot of receivers can go the other way regardless there will be shakeups to this 53-man roster that neither of us see coming and I can't wait to talk about it on Sunday that's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast we will be back to talk about that 53-man cutdown when it happens Until then, Bengals fans, who day, and have a good one. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 